to the Write About Now Poetry Podcast. My name is Davis Land, and this week we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to feature the poets who placed top four at the Southern Fried Poetry Slam this year. Southern Fried is an annual festival with both team and individual competitions. If you've never been to a large-scale poetry festival before, I highly recommend checking one out. There's always a ton of great and interesting work coming out, and plus, it's just like this huge gathering of poets and art um, from whatever region that festival is in. But enough of me blabbering about festivals. Let's get on to the poets, the first of which is Christopher Michael, he placed second, the second of which is Akeem Olaj, he placed fourth, the third is Ed Mabry, who placed first, and the last is Icon, who placed third. Kind of out of order, but I don't know, I felt a need to put things in this particular order. So. Haiku, 1963, white supremacist bombs church, four little girls, spark. I was born in Birmingham, Alabama in 1911 on 16th Street. By born, I mean they finished my construction. I was erected as an edifice to the almighty, a place of worship, a rally point for justice fighters and a war room for the commanders of the cause. I can name drop, but that would be rude. Martin Luther King, Ralph David Abernathy. Thousands of people released millions of prayers beneath my roof. I stood witness to hopes, dreams, marriages, baptisms, and homegoings. But of all the dignitaries that graced my pews, the most important, the most precious were Denise, Addie Mae, Carol, and Cynthia. They were visiting me for Sunday school or something to the like. There was a lot of turmoil in those days. I could tell because of all the comings and goings and whatnot. Some fuss about integration. Even our illustrious governor, George Wallace, had something to say about the issues of the day. Let me see. I think what he said was uh, to stop integration, Alabama needed a few first-class funerals. Shortly after, a white gentleman placed a package under my steps. At the time, I was a little over 50 years old. I grew to know what the faces of men meant. Each one told a story or revealed his heart. I knew there was no gift set before me. I could feel the spirit of the Lord shudder with grief. I knew I had to do something because those four little girls were still within me. Girls, girls, you got to get, get on home now. I am not safety. Maybe if my steeple wasn't such a tower, I could do more than babble. I tried so hard. I yelled with everything I had. Girls, girls, you got to get, get from around here. I am not safety. Evil has made me a wicked thing. But all they could hear was me moan and creak like I was settling in my foundation. I was no longer like the servant Peter. I could not be their rock. But in that split second of eternity, I contained the blast. I held back the wave of Satan's hellfire like I hold on every prayer whispered in my walls. I used all my strength to stop the embers. I secured the shards. I refused the splinter. I bound every brick. I subdued the mortar. I stood in a gap in the twinkling of an eye. My God needed to call them home. And in that moment of forever, they felt the love of my Lord. They grieve not, but even eternity ends. I could not hold back the blast forever. I realized 
All I had left to do was to blanket their bodies in what was left of me, swaddle them in my destruction, tuck them in with my dust. I won't name the white supremacist who was convicted of this crime, but Denise McNair, Addie Mae Collins, Carol Robinson, and Cynthia Wesley transfigured into a spark that fanned the flames of freedom. And I, I had the honor, I had, I am so sorry that I could not save you. To grow up a black boy in America is to exist while others believe that your blood will make the grass grow. As if you were made out of magic. It is to live with an identity crisis even when you become a man that will look at you and think, boy, will shoot you without blinking if you're in your local park and you're holding the wrong toy. Assume that you ain't got no chill on your aggression if you ever get angry. That's so quick to say, well, why you gotta act so black? And not, oh, you so cute, you could go with any color black, but the other black, the other human, the other whites, the other broken record screaming, please don't shoot black boys. Don't believe what they tell you like. You're not supposed to feel or cry or feel any other emotion besides pride and, 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 and invoking a clutched purse, but, but, but this is nothing special or an accomplishment, because if a black boy graduates from college and the police happens to kill him, that will search his Instagram for the most niggardly image of his likeness because he was never anything special. He never had any accomplishments. After all, he was black in America. But to grow up a black boy in Louisiana is to know that the first thing they think of when they see you is a ticking time bomb, an inmate number waiting to be processed, a cadaver that has escaped his body bag. Black boys here don't feel no pain. Black boys here don't break, but when no one Understands is that black boys break. Black boys, we break often. We fall the abandoned position. We break. We're called nigga by a group of whites who you thought were your friends. We break. With police officers profile, we break. When black people profile, we break. To be a black boy at this moment in time is to have all your bones broken and still be expected to stand. It's to be a nice little Negro. No need to talk about your feelings in private because black boy don't even have a right to his feelings in private. Why? You criminal boy. You need Jesus. Yes, that's it. We need a white man born in the Middle East, Jesus. Make sure they feel you. Make sure they see Jesus, because all you know is that feel equals respect, not knowing that they don't feel your skin. They feel the outcome of American sin where society elects neglect, elects to make you the aggressor, always the aggressor, but you just doing what you've been taught. Been taught to not always have, but want. Been taught to see your needs in other people's possessions and take. No one has ever taught you the concept of earn. they only teach you how not to break, but if black boys don't break, how come they die so easy? A black boy, a demon like the police report said, how come he died so easy, so often? A closed casket funeral, an easy death, but a hard life so often. It's so strange, ain't it? How these black people are actual human beings. It seems like the only time America feels safe is where black boys are no longer breathing, but America, you go reap all this blood you sow. Even though black boys are made out of magic, our blood, our blood, our blood will not make your motherfucking grass grow.
Southern Fried this next year is happening in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you're anywhere around that area, I highly suggest you take it out. You still have about 320 days until the next Southern Fried, so you have some time, but I recommend you check it out. Welcome to Murder Blacks Anonymous or How to Earn Your MBA. If it's your first time here tonight, you've got to say something. Hi, I died when I was 18, uh, shot in the back. Me? Oh, they killed me when I was 22. It was uh, once in the leg and twice in the face. Oh, I was on my way to college next week, yo. Took eight shots to bring me down. Uh, two in the right leg, two in the back, one in the left arm, one in the head, uh, two in the left leg. Yeah, I was 20. They never found my body. Oh, it took short 41 shots to bring me down. Um, yeah, they said I was still resisting arrest, so they had to uh, stop and then reload and then aim and then start shooting again. Uh, me and my girl was in Cleveland. We got pulled up by the police. Uh, they shot us 137 times. Uh, they said we were dangerous, had a weapon on us, uh, guns, a drug. We fit the description. Yo, I'm still standing here. Call me corner boy, white tea pharmacist, a nigga with a Mercedes for a prescription pad. Forgive me if I don't offer you a hand to shake America, but I see what you do to my comedy. They take their hands out their pocket and put them in places you don't care for. See, you don't have no code. What's the code? All right, check it. They say the jungle creed is the strongest feed on anything they can. And I was branded beast at every feast before I ever became a man. Now that's code, get it? Code, get it? Now what you got, America's called code speak. When something means something else, like a metaphor dressed up nice, keeping his mouth shut, sitting in the corner when company come over. Oh, example, okay, uh, you say African-American, we say Americanized Africans. You say slave, we say kidnap, but motherland never got the ransom notes. You say emancipation, we say work release program. You say plantation, we say child of God labor. You say the cock crow thrice, we say Jim Crow. You say 40 acres of mule, we say 30 pieces of silver. You say ghetto, we say neighbor's hood. You say project, we say timeshare condos. You say prison, we say lease with option to die. You say possession of firearm, we say portable pit bull. You say possession of narcotics, we say Dow Jones Industrial. You say rise and development, we say rise of the planet of the apes. You say hip hop dangerous, we say y'all gonna make Make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. You say innocent, no need to be scared. We say Fruitvale, we say Brooklyn, we say Bed-Stuy, Detroit, Florida, the entire state of Philly. We say Baltimore. You say over-exaggeration. We say been around the world and I, I, I. We say racism. You say white privilege. We say racism. You say racism dead. Only privilege need checking. We say racism. You say only racists say racism. You say black racist. We say America, land of the free, home of the enslaved. You say black president. We say campus white kids still wearing Blackface, you say smells like teen spirit. We say I was born by a river. You say Beyonce, we say Little Rock Nine. You say across 110th Street. You say intersectionality should be the focus. We say many, many cooks kill the Negro. You say include, we hit dilute. You say ain't like it used to be. We say no, worse now. You say we all human, we say then why ass implants, why blue contacts, why weave, why wig, why collagen lips, why fake hips, why auto-tune. You say you should join us where the junkies howl, where the tigers growl in search of that much needed blow. And why those cringe over canned heat bins and find their graves in the snow. But every black person's bag in his room is there bullet away from being a hashtag as you try to nightstick tame us. So forgive our hesitation if we don't trust this nation, but it's only when we're dead that we're famous. <laughs>
trigger warning. I will not rape this poem, i.e., I will not force this poem into involuntary positions for my own self-gratification. See, I used to stay up at night stalking poems, trying to pin them down and take from them what they were not willing or ready to give. But this poem, this poem has a right to say no. This poem is not helpless, i.e., this poem is taking self-defense classes, you know, just in case five random judges try to rob it of its value by hitting it over the head with low scores. This poem, this poem will not wear its assigned gender role, i.e., this poem is not ladylike, it is not Stepford wife, it will not welcome you into his home for a warm meal, it may not always make you feel safe. This poem may not always be made up and quaffed to perfection, however, its hair may resemble tangled scribbles across a page, its ink-smeared lips may slur curse words and dirty jokes instead of sweet metaphors into your ear. This poem has run on sentences in its pantyhose. This poem may just smack you on the ass and then demand that you write down your phone number on the fucking scoreboard. I repeat, this poem will not wear its assigned gender role, i.e., although this poem is female, that doesn't mean that it's not capable of taking physical advantage of male poems. In the same breath, that also doesn't mean that this poem is not capable of killing this stage. This poem will not stay in its place, i.e., this poem is going second, but it will not walk 10 steps behind your poem. This poem will not speak only when spoken to, because this poem says whatever the fuck it wants, whenever the fuck it wants. This poem will not walk with its head held down, because this poem has absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. This poem is a misfit. Yeah, this poem is a misfit. I.e., this poem is not concerned with becoming one of the cool poems. It may or may not fit your literary criteria. I.e., this poem may not be featured on Button Poetry, and this poem is absolutely okay with that. Because buttons, buttons usually close things up in this poem. This poem is wide fucking open. This poem is a whore, i.e. anyone could get it. This poem is not what's trending. This poem is not what's trending, i.e. this poem will not comb headlines, Facebook posts, nor Twitter feeds for its next fashion statement. This poem is not a current event. It is not a hashtag, pound sign. This poem just is. This poem is not a feminist, i.e. this poem does not sing the praises of Annie DeFranco nor Beyonce. However, it does belt a deep raspy ode to Harriet Tubman, Angela Davis, Fannie Lou Hamer, and Asada Shakur. I repeat, this poem is woman, black woman to be exact. Therefore, this poem is aware that our poem struggles are not quite the same. This poem, this poem is not a racist, your poem is. I.e., this poem sees the way your poem looks at it when it walks into an open mic and how yours clutches all of its slam titles and accolades when it has to share a stage with it. This poem loves black poems, but it also has white poem friends, so it can't possibly be racist. This poem doesn't have the power to oppress your poem. Because whether you acknowledge it or not, the mere fact of who your poem's author is, it already came into this world with white, I mean male, I mean slam privilege. This poem is not politically correct. I.e., this poem would rather go out in a blaze. See, the last time this poem was cautious about what it had to say, it still didn't win the fucking slam anyway. That's all for the Right About Now Poetry Podcast today. Again, my name is Davis Land, and this was the Southern Fried Poetry Slam Top 4 Poets, Ed Mabry, Christopher Michael, Icon, and Akeem Olaj. If the idea of a poetry festival sounds cool to you, you should check out the Texas Grand Slam Poetry Festival. If you don't know about it, you need to find out more. If you do know about it, you need to invite all of your friends to the event on Facebook. 
Texas Grand Slam is very dear to my heart. I was a co-director for it last year and will be again this year. And I really hope to see you all there. It's held on Texas A&M's campus. And it is such a great festival. So maybe I'm a little biased. But check it out. And that wraps up season two of the Right About Now Poetry Podcast. We're up to like 18 episodes now, which is awesome. We're going to take a break for about a month. Work on a lot of new stuff for the next season. We're going to change up the format a little bit. You're going to want to stay tuned. Before our next season premieres, though, there will be one or two like bonus episodes, so keep a lookout for those. And in the meantime, you should write a comment and leave a rating over how much you miss the Right About Now Poetry Podcast while we go on hiatus. You can find Right About Now as at Juan Poetry on pretty much any social media platform, and you can find me, Davis Land, at davisland.info. Thanks to WCAI for letting me record in their studios, and thank you for listening and for your support. We'll see you in a month.